Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris, Willie, and Trevor, part of the Nova Insider Network, and brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the big drop today, but Homefield just released. They are putting out, remember, remember, the 5th of November, the Homefield jacket drop. Okay, we're getting a Villanova jacket. Do you think it's gonna be like a bomber jacket? It, it's I I whatever it is. That's I'm what I asked for. So I I think if you go back to when we first talked about home field, I said I wanted a jacket. Take my money. I can't wait to give it to them. Yes, you're gonna have to give it to them. Yeah, because it's there. You go. You, you asked for it, and, and I'm gonna get 15 percent off because I'm using our code. Love New email. 15 percent off, baby. I have no idea. No advance notice what it was gonna look like. We had advance notice when these things popped out. So I was like kind of excited about having advance notice. So I might have to talk to home field, see if I can get a little early sneak peek. I mean, if it's anything like their other bomber jackets, like I think we're, I think we're in for something good. I'm not worried. It's hard to screw up. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to screw that up. I think. So again, 15% off code full 40. And right? like, yeah, promo codes full 40 and like, you know, get in there, order, um, order. It's also the holidays. So, you know, order for your, your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whoever, get in their order, order a size up, do whatever you got to do, get it out there. Um, hopefully we'll get it shipped to you um, and get these jackets before they fall off the shelves. Yeah. My birthday's coming up. If anybody wants to spend their money, so I don't have to, but I won't hold it against you if you don't, but yeah, that'd be great. Trevor, is your yeah, mustache man. getting a jacket? My mustache is here for charity. Also, I, I'll I'll drop something about that at the end of the show. If anybody wants to DM me money for that, I'll I'll take that. It's, it's November first. We're uh, we're in the mix with Movember. I opted to shave the beard instead of just trying to grow the mustache from scratch. So I'm kind of cheating. Um, but okay. I have I have some conferences coming up. I didn't want to look like a total idiot. Um, so. Just half idiot these days. You're doing a good job of that. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite part of like Movember is the 10, other than like the giving to charity and all that great stuff, but the 10 days in the beginning of Movember when people are growing mustaches and every single person looks like they might commit a crime. Um, So that's definitely better that you chose the right. I wanted to fast forward to definitely is going to commit a crime. and that crime will probably take place if somehow we drop the home opener against American. Yeah, that's a great segue. Terrific yeah. segue. So I don't know if Brian will actually do this, but the the title that I suggested for this episode is that we're anti-American, um, which Honestly, is an accurate statement. Finally, I get to speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get clipped. <laughs> I think it's too late. I'm, he I'm, said, in, I'm in for that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Willie said what he said. Um, but but that's a, it's 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 coming. We have we have a weekend, daylight savings time. So don't fucking miss mess that up. Like get your clocks right. Right. Which also at this stage you don't need to do anything. Like all your clocks that you have likely will just reset themselves. Your Apple Watch, your all the. If you're still using analog clocks or yeah, analog clocks in this day and age, I don't know who are you. Or if you like drive a car or anything like microwave, yeah. Uh, yeah, oven. oven. If you're using your microwave to tell you key time events, you're already too far gone. 
if your microphones would get you out the door to work or microwave, sorry, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But what if you have a coffee maker and the coffee maker has a time set? You could just miss coffee. I'm sorry, you freaking, uh, what, what's this guy? Like Scrooge, no, not Scrooge, Scrooge yeah. McDuck. You were billionaire. Uh, fair enough. Time set coffee makers. Whatever. We're talking about basketball. So, <laughs> so <laughs> um, Jesus. Uh, got you all off balance. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm so fucked up right now. So we're anti-American. We're anti-American. <laughs> we're playing them on Monday. The season starts on Monday. Yes. It's like really actually here. I was thinking about this the other day too. How did we survive in that COVID year when we didn't have March Madness, and then and then we went like six straight months with like zero college hoops, and then they brought it back like right before, right after Thanksgiving. How did we do that? I don't even know how we survived I, that year. I got through it with um, I have DVD copies of the 2016 and 2018 title runs, and I spent COVID at my parents' house, and every now and then my dad would just walk in. That would walk in and cut off his. <laughs> that would walk in and pull the plug on his yeah. Wi-Fi. Is what yeah. it did. Like Dude, he got that in is trouble. the best. Like, like I'm on edge, edge of my seat right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did his dad do to him? Uh, no, we'll find out from Trevor later yeah. what his dad did. But, but. Uh, I survived it. Like honestly, but actually, what's hilarious is like doing a lot of the same things Trevor was doing. I have the 2016, 2018 DVDs. Um, I would watch those. I watched a lot a lot of like random clips like it's watching like justin moore clips i was just everything being like what are we gonna do um and then i played a lot of ncaa football 14 on the xbox so that's how i got through it and the next thing i know we're playing boston college was the first game um and i'm like oh we're back and no yeah boston college was the first game it would be arizona state in the next game and then lost to virginia tech all right so it's the full 40 with chris and willie yeah we got rid of trevor yeah He's done, cooked. Um, but anyway, so so they did. The only thing I could think of then is that CBS replayed some like big championship mm-hmm. games. I remember rewatching 1985's championship game, 2016's championship game. I don't remember watching 2018, probably because it wasn't that exciting of like a replay. No. Um, it's Dante but, 31. Yeah, but but 1985 and 2016 definitely got played. So I guess there was a couple things that were going on. During that time, the, uh, Trevor apparently is back, but he's in the waiting room. The the pain of losing a 2020 tournament is like West Virginia. He'd say, "Do you want to watch West Virginia?" <laughs> 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 we're continuing. I know we went, we were fine last episode, but we are continuing a streak of me dropping out at the most inopportune moment <laughs> when uh, when trying to tell a personal anecdote. <laughs> Uh, no free ads, but like, who's your Wi-Fi? Like, who do you use? I'm so I'm trapped with my Wi-Fi situation. It's it's a building thing. I'm mm. in the city of Philadelphia, and believe it or not, I can't use Xfinity. I have to use Verizon. Um, so I do not have a choice. It just is what it is. We're it's anti- usually pretty good, but you know, we're anti-American. We're anti-Verizon. <laughs> but yeah. Verizon, if you want to sponsor the podcast, reach my DMs. We'll talk. Yeah. I, I'm on Verizon Files, and I'm doing okay at the moment. But if I cut out, then it's definitely Verizon's fault. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So, Willie, uh, why don't you talk about our uh, our friends from the District of Columbia who belong to the Patriot League? Yeah. So today we are – or not today, whatever, on Monday, we're playing the American Eagles. American is part of the Patriot League. Um, 
they have a new head coach, uh, Coach Simpkins. Uh, they are, how do I describe? The mascot uh, the, is a pair of jeans. The mascot is a pair of jeans, American Eagles. <laughs> uh, they have like, they're a bit of like an older team. They have like older guards. Um, they are kind of old and big across the front line. Or big, I shouldn't say. They're just old across the front line. But like they have lost a lot of production. Um, and they also like just don't have that many like, I don't know, they don't have that many dudes. Uh, they have their their leading scorer from last year. Uh, Matt Rogers is returning. He's a senior. He uh, can step out, hit the three, uh, average, average like 14 and six, 14 and seven. Um, yeah, so it's a new step, new coach. I don't, honestly don't know much about Coach Simpkins. I don't know what his kind of presence is. Um, I know Coach, he is from the DMV area. So hopefully American is going to like pick up some good players down the, down the road. But like we're looking at a team here that's like, they're old up top, and then they have, like, some, in theory, good freshmen. But we're going to see what kind of rocks with them. Their player to watch out would be Matt Rogers, uh, as I mentioned, 6'9", senior. They also have um, a transfer from um, Loyola, Maryland, and Nick Marshall, who, like, played a little bit of minutes there, but, like, isn't, like, that big of a guy, uh, to be very honest. Um, so they lost a lot of things. They went – it was a team that went, like, I think uh, went 17 and 15 last year. I don't see – them being much better. Um, they're also learning a brand new style. Uh, what I, I can't tell, I don't know what coach Simpkins is going to do, but like it's going to be brand new to them and they're going to be playing a very old, a very experienced Villanova team, even though the Villanova team is also learning a new style. It's just like a little bit different. And then also the American doesn't have Justin Moore or Eric Dixon on their team. Um, so it's going to be an adjustment for them. Um, this isn't like 2009. And um, what's that guy's name? Um, there's a guy I know who was playing. You playing froze for a team, second. And I was did like, freeze oh, for no, a second. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, Verizon cut my vine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but so it's a good American team um, or a young or old American team that I think is going to be a little bit like wet behind the ears in terms of with the new coach. I don't really think there's going to be like much of a challenge i say but I, they'll be a cool team to kind of watch i'm more interested in them a little bit more long term especially as like coach simpkins is able to kind of get in evolved more and get involved more in the dmv recruiting but we're not playing them at home or at their house we're playing them at home we should be fine to kind of roll through american and if we don't roll through american then we can have a larger conversation about that i think what does the ken worth, palm say yeah ken, I, think uh, oh, go ahead. I think it's worth noting that this is an American team that took down the mighty Georgetown last year. And it's um, true. So let's let's bring our orange shoes and our game faces and uh, and be ready They're for this. Preseason Something Ken we almost Palm. did not do. The Ken Palm preseason three seventy nine um, or two seventy nine. Sorry, not three seventy nine. Um, so it would be a bad loss. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna put that out there. It would be a bad loss. Uh, if I log into Mencom has us as 22 point favorites cool. and uh 98 chance to win. I would like to double Tell down me there's on that. a chance. It does mean there's a chance. But more importantly, honestly, like it's less about. I mean, it's important to see American, obviously, but it's more about like how do we look in that first game? You know, like what are the things that you're looking for to see in that first game from us? Mark Armstrong. <laughs> I want to see the players. Um, yeah. 
No. Um, so it's interesting. Like, I always want to see the guys look comfortable in the pavilion. Like, that's to me, like, always like, like a thing that I look for in the first game. Like, even last year, I think we played LaSalle in our first game. And it was a 13-point win. It was kind of comfortable. I think it was like 18 for a good amount of the second half and then kind of ended at 13. I don't think it was ever like – I don't think we were ever at risk, so to speak, in that second half of that game. But it was, as I think back on it and like put it in the context of, of the season that happened, there was some disjointedness. There was some discomfort. Given all the transfers, I would like to see a comfort – like a, a comfort level – in this game, like obviously they got to be, they got to come out strong. They got to come out hot, but I'd like to see us kind of put this game kind of, I don't want to say away, away after the first half, but like pretty close to away after the first half and then be able to kind of not coast because that's not the right word that I'm trying to use, but basically like control the second half, like do what they want in the second half. And like when I think of like the great Villanova teams of the last 10 years, it, they had just this special way of being able to assert control and then maintain that level of control when they had, especially when they had their best teams. So like that's like the more broad based thing, but I would like to see, I'm obviously very eager to see Burton Bomba Hart in a, in Villanova, in a Villanova uni. I'd like to see a little bit of um, Hausen have maybe two or three threes um, just to show Five. Okay. Like I'm saying at least. Uh, so, you know, just to show that level of comfort on his level. Um, and to Trevor's point, Armstrong, uh, to me, Mark Armstrong is, is, is critical. How many minutes is he going to get? How, how in control of the offense is he, or is this a Mark Armstrong is the guy off the bench and, uh, and more is the, and more is the guy who, who carries the ball up the floor for most of the, critical minutes of the game that's i i want to see all those things uh yeah i want to i want to see um kind of how the team defense looks together too obviously we we kind of mentioned it earlier it's that's kind of the the thing that tends to hold guys back um in getting minutes and stuff like that so i just kind of want to see who's into the system and knows where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be especially against an opponent that we shouldn't have to worry about too much terms of athletes on the other end of the floor and size and things like that. I'd like to see Nana get some minutes. Um, Lance Ware, those guys. I, j- I just, I'm excited to see live basketball that counts and isn't a secret. Willie? Yeah, I think for me, I'm like, everything you said, I really want to see what Nanjoku's role is, what Lance Ware's role is. I want to see what these backup bigs look like. We spoke about Eric and his um, ability to play the five and then also to play the four. I want to see like what those lineups look like. So it kind of comes down to Kyle, honestly, and I want to see what he throws out there in that first game. What are the different combinations? Is he substituting after the first three minutes? I'm assume, I'm going to assume Armstrong starts, but then is it like how quickly are we bringing, I assume, Hakeem Hart, but it could be Jordan Longino. It could be Hazen as the first person off the bench. I'd be shocked if it was anyone else other than one of those three as the first person off the bench. But um, I want to see what those different lineup combinations are because we have a lot of versatility. Like you could th- conceivably throw out a lineup of Longino, Hart, Bamba, Ware, Dixon, and it's just like really long and like kind of incredibly switchable. And I want to see like what those things that Kyle does is. So this is, I think, 
Um, I don't know if anyone saw, I know we saw, but I don't know if anyone saw Kyle's interview um, uh, with uh, the field of 68 at uh, MSG during Big East Media Day. Oh, yeah. Kyle seemed so different, so comfortable in his own skin. I feel like comfortable in year two. I wanted to see if that translates to on the court where he's able to put his own stamp on it. Once again, we're always going to play Villanova basketball, but I want to see if Kyle puts his own stamp on it. And this first game is a chance to do that versus, in theory, a lesser opponent and a chance to kind of do that in front of the fans. I am sure we are probably to the point of like coming out to a strong start. I will be, I will be so on cloud nine if we come out and it's like an 18 nothing game to start. I'm fully expecting the first six minutes, it's going to be like 14 11, and everyone's going to be like, oh God, what's happening? And then you'll, they'll work it out and they'll figure it out. And then we'll roll from there. I have to point this out only because this is a thing that Rob Dormish would have loved. But I'm looking at American schedule. So they play Villanova, William and Mary, Siena, NJIT, Georgetown, Mount St. Mary's, all teams that we've heard of, right? Whatever. They are playing a team on Sunday, November 26th that's named Hood. H O O D. Hood. Are you familiar with Hood College, maybe? <laughs> America versus the Hood. This is Bishop Sycamore type stuff here. What's going on here? Hood College sent me so many letters in the very beginning of my college. <laughs> Whenever, like when you took the PSATs and they just that Hood College sent me, but were they like recruiting you to join their basketball team? No, no, <laughs> yeah. no. They didn't need that. Uh, they didn't want that uh, seven points a game on 25% field, field goal shooting. Not efficient, Willie? Not efficient. Probably. Uh, um, so that, that was just one anecdote I wanted to point out. So I, I I hope for everybody listening that they can tune into the uh they can tune into Americans game versus Hood. Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna speak up for the Hood alumni. I respect you, Hood alumni, and if you are listening to this, I wish I was one of you. There's always time. <laughs> yeah, I can honestly go back. Yeah. You can go back. You could tell my dad that he really wants me to get my MBA. So we'll we'll, yeah. we'll say that. This is a poll. This is a poll from um this is a pull from like 2019 when we played Kansas at KU, mm-hmm. but we were looking ahead at the, at the season and we were doing a big East. I don't know who's, who is, not me. who is in an ambulance. Not me. I think it's me. Yeah. I think it might be you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that ambulance we were, is coming after you because you dissed hood university, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the streets are calling. That was a mistake. <laughs> um, we, <laughs> We were in Rob and I were in Kansas and and we were looking at our schedule to come and the Big East schedule, whatever. We're looking at Creighton in particular, and they had a game versus Ben Medigi State or some shit like that. And Rob and I were absolutely I'm Bemidji State, bro. Bemidji State. It's in Minnesota. It's a good hockey school. We were absolutely obliterated on that podcast and and just having a field day with that. Um, but but yeah, so I would like to see a hood Ben Medigi State uh, NIT matchup. championship. Uh, there you go. Well, no, no, they can't not, play in the not NIT anymore. Right? Right? Not allowed. Like, not allowed. Yeah, Villanova ruined the NIT for everybody. <laughs> Rob's in the comments. Like I remember this. I was so <laughs> wasted. Um. Anyway. All right. all right. So so we're gonna win the first game. Is that the prediction here? Are we all kind of agreeing on this? Yeah, I'm, better. I I will go and say we will win the first game. I'm on record for that, and if we lose, everyone can look at me. Right? I'll, I'll, I'll take the post game stand instead of Kyle, and I'll take, 
I'll take the line. <laughs> of the of the games in the first week, I'm a little bit more uh, worried about Lemoyne. <laughs> so, like, here's like the weird thing. So, for anyone who is unfamiliar, Lemoyne was a D2 team. They are now going to be D1. This will be their second D1 game, official D1 game. They've played D1 games because they'll play up, whatever. Their first game is versus Georgetown, where, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I think just to take it a, a step back, I think people always think, oh, it's a new D1 team. Like, they're not going to be good. That's not necessarily the case. I think the last two D1, D2 teams to come up were Merrimack and I believe Lindenwood. Both Mary Mac was good. Yeah, both of which finished at the top two of their conference. So, like, there's a chance. And Lemoyne Mac was supposed to go to the tournament, but yeah, exactly. Participate. Yeah, which is the stupidest rule in the world. Well, I'm, I, I if I'm not mistaken, Mary Mac, Mary Mac not making that tournament allowed Fairly Dickinson to make the tournament. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Is that, that my yeah. <laughs> fucking ridiculous? Which, exactly. We all know how that ended for yeah. Purdue. Um, <laughs> You got to watch out for those D2 teams, especially, um, you know, our friends of the Big East and Big East of old. Louisville dropped a tough one this week to a D2 team. St. John's had issues. Is Pace D1 or D2? They're D2. Yeah. Got to watch out for the D2. It's uh, – And also, let me say, they're, they're small, but Lemoyne returns grad transfer, grad transfer, senior, grad transfer, grad transfer. Whether that's us or Georgetown, that's a team that's not going to back down. Like, that's who they return in their starting five or their projected starting five. Then they have a grad transfer off the bench. And then, like, there's some sophomores and juniors. But, like, they're old. They're, like, kind of just the good teams, a good team. Oh, Stonehill was the other two, uh, the other team I was thinking about. And also, like, a lot of teams in the NEC have left. So, like, there's just, like, opportunity to kind of, like, take take a hold of it. Maybe they get blown, the doors blown off by us in Georgetown and they figure it out a little bit earlier in the year. But like, this is a team that's going to be looking to make a statement in their first couple of games. And they have two historic programs to do it in front of. I say that this isn't March. They haven't had a chance to coalesce. We should run them off the floor, just terms from talent to talent. But in general, I would not be surprised if we see this team. Even like in during the season, like you're like, oh crap, they're like in contention for the NEC. Now they won't be able to make the tournament because of stupid archaic rules that the NCAA needs to change. But I think it's going to be a really like cool game. Um, I'm excited to see Lemoyne just like the, the Dolphins there, which is a, a hilarious team name. I don't like it works for the NFL. Dolphins doesn't work for college basketball. I'm sorry, Lemoyne. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jacksonville. It also but doesn't like, work from Syracuse, New York. Yes. Also, it doesn't work from Syracuse, New York. Like you're not like I. If, <laughs> Miami Dolphins makes sense. That's like an oceanic left there, kind of school. Like it's kind of there. Like there's that meme. What the hell a polar bear doing in Arlington, Texas? <laughs> what the hell's a, dolph- <laughs> hell a dolphin doing in Syracuse, New York? Yeah. Um, but they're gonna be like they're an interesting team. I'm excited to see. Just like I'm excited just to see them. I love. The, I, I love when I see like D2 teams can become D1 and then like their growth and all that stuff. That's just like super interesting to me. So I'm excited to be a part of like their early story and we'll see where it ends up from. I, I like them if we lose. I mean, if we win. <laughs> oh, yeah. If we if we lose, um, I will take the stand once again. And I'll... If we lose, we're definitely a part of their early story. So careful what yeah. you wish for there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, I hope we hit them with the train. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> But but we are going to do another podcast before exactly. the 
Lemoyne game. So we're not previewing yeah. that. We're just talking about how uh, Lemoyne's more scary than American. Yeah, no, we'll talk more about Lemoyne. Um, and honestly, by that time, they would have played Georgetown, so they will. Be yeah, I'm going to watch that game. They'll be one and zero. They'll be one and zero. Right in the two undefeated teams yeah. match up in the pavilion on a Friday night. Um, cool. So we're we've got we've got the first game in the books. Yeah. Um, and so we think we're going to beat the American Eagles. Yep. That's terrible. That their, their name shouldn't be the Eagles. Who came first? I think the answer might surprise you. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to look it up, actually. Trevor's just, like, saying BuzzFeed articles. (laughs) I don't know who he's talking about. (laughs) Well, Uh, I'm trying – like, it might be one of those things that this is, like, you know, a very old store that – never mind, 1977. I assume the university came first. Take back everything I said. Cut that. So – leave it on the cutting room floor on our live session um so one other thing that i'll just say is pace Mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about st john's i'm talking Mm -hmm. about the pace the tempo that we play at um so that's definitely something that i'm particularly interested in right like because last year we played slow under jay Wright, we always played slow except for 2018 right like like with the num with the depth of this roster like I think Fanta said it, this could be Villanova's deepest. I'm not saying it's top end best, but deepest roster that we've had in the last 10 plus years. I, I'm just struggling to think of another team that's as deep as this, at least as of this moment. And so, and like could go nine, 10 deep. Yeah. You would think that would be get at least on paper, a slightly higher pace because you could sub a little bit more. You have more options you got to get more guys playing time and in the flow of the game. So you would think that that might come to pass, but I am curious to see, is it going to be walk the ball up the court and take all 30 seconds of shot clock? Or is it going to be, Hey, let's move a little bit and see what's going and see what's coming, coming to pass with this team. If Mark takes a little bit of a leap, I don't know how we can walk the ball up the court. We're just putting like chains on a Greyhound. Like, you got to let him run. So if, if like, we know Justin is methodical and that'll happen. So like, even, even if it, like we're not actively being slow, the pace will be slower when Justin has the, uh, has the, the reins. But like when Mark's on there, I'd imagine we're going to let him run just a little bit, especially if he takes that leap as like a floor general to know when to stop it. Because that, that's the thing that he needs to, he'll need to work on. It's like, when do I push? And when do I like make everybody run with me in transition transition? And when do I slow down? And I recognize, all right, we don't have an advantage. We don't have numbers. And I slow down a little bit. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the train I was mentioning earlier. I want to see us run. I think it'll be fun. We have athletes. We have a lot of athletes. Um, Eric, for his size and everything, he gets up and down the floor really well. And he can also hit that trailing three. So I, I agree. I, I think it'll be fun basketball to watch, even if it's a little sloppy at the start. Um, and I kind of just, after last year, I just kind of want to have fun. <laughs> just, this is, I, I want to have fun. I want to see the team have fun. That'd be so, nice. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. having some fun. If this is so, a fun season, that'd be cool. We do have an interesting out of conference schedule that I want to get to, mm-hmm. um, more broadly, like talk about it a little bit more broadly, but I do want to talk a little bit. There's been actually for the last, for like the last two weeks of October, there's actually been a good amount of college basketball news and notes, especially the Big East. I did a uh, um, I did a 
space with other Big East uh, schools on Monday. Uh, that was like that was that was pretty good. Yeah. So if you if you learn if if you if you listen into that you got to learn a little bit about each each team and each program and what people think is going to shake out the various like, mental health statuses of Twitter personalities that you interact with. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so so I I do want to talk a little bit about some of the the news and notes uh, so to speak. Especially we had Biggie's media day in the in the intervening period as well. So. Let's talk talk a little bit about that. So let's stick let's stay with the Big East or stay home with yeah. the Big East for now. So Villanova was picked fourth by the coaches um, in the conference. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was Marquette was number one, Creighton two, UConn three, Villanova four, St. John's five. Yeah, that was a top five. And then and then I forget it was Providence or Xavier. And then kind of like the whatever, Georgetown, Butler, Seton Hall, DePaul, and whatever order that was. Um, but that was kind of how the coaches picked it. Uh, Justin Moore was uh, first preseason Big East first team. Eric Dixon, preseason Big East second team. Uh, and Tyler Kolek was projected to repeat his honor of player of the year. Uh, so that was kind of some of the news and notes from, from Big East Media Day. Uh, but – but we did get to – I guess let me just stop there. Do you guys like that order? Do you guys you guys feel good about that? Like who's your dark horse Big East team? Who's your, who's your team that you think is overrated? Let me have it. You can go first, Willie. I got some takes. Um, I don't mind it if I'm being like fair and objective. I don't mind it. Um, the first thing I have is I get why T, uh, Kolek won – preseason player of the year. I just don't see it. And I don't think it's going to happen two years in a row. I'd be, I'm much more putting my money on like, I don't even know if that I believe that Justin will do it, but like, I'm honestly putting my money around like Bryce Hopkins, like carrying a Providence team to like a 10, a 10 or nine seed. And it's like, yeah, this is Bryce Hopkins as player of the year. That's kind of my early prediction in terms from a team standpoint, like, I have no issues with calling Marquette number one. They returned basically everyone except for Omax. Um, Shaka's got them humming. Um, Creighton took a step back. It's like I understand why UConn took a took a fall, but like it's I don't want to say disrespectful, but like it's that's still a, it's it feels a, disrespectful. Yeah, it's a reloaded. They're also team. they're also a one point difference. I think between. There's like a one point difference in the coaches poll between us and them, which I yeah. think that is not a realistic gap right now, at least on paper yeah. right now. Like I, that's that's tough. Yeah. So I don't know. I I take like I take UConn as like they're they're not my dark horse. I just it's UConn's to lose again. That's what I think. Um, I'm I'm just gonna roll with UConn as like my projection for number one. I'm not gonna lie. I think the dark horse is us of like, and the dark horse in the way of like to like take the conference outright. I think we have that ability. Um, the other dark horse I have is Providence, like taking a step and being like, not there's there's uh, they were voted seven, but like Providence being like five. Um, the ones I'm leaning overrated. I'm sorry to say, it, I just don't buy Creighton. I just, Ooh. I, I, they have all the talent in the world. I think they are a tournament team. I, you know, what, put me. I'll say it. Put me down as a Kalkbrenner hater. I just, oh wow, get get a job. 
I'm wow. Not this, not <laughs> Willie, this Willie, Willie pulling out the Yukon insult of yeah. Cockburner's just tall. I, he's a fraud. No, he's, he's, I mean, look, impact of def, impact defender, but he can't handle slim dicks. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that's kind of my, I, I would say that's like, if I'm putting a hot take out there, like Creighton, I think, wait, if out of the top four, Creighton's the one I'd be like, I wouldn't be shocked to see them like finish fourth, fifth, sixth, um, which is saying a lot because I know how good they are. Like I actually like genuinely do really, really like Trey Alexander, but I kind of thought Nemhard was the stir or the straw that stirred the drink. Um, and like he's in Gonzaga. I think Trey's good. They lose Kaluma. Ashworth is going to be good. I like him a lot, but I don't know. I'm I'm anti. I'm anti Creighton. That's all. Cool okay. All right. Willie spoke. Trevor. Uh, so while Willie was going through that, I looked at what the preseason poll was for the 2018-19 season just to see like what people thought of our team coming back that got absolutely gutted after a championship run, and we were selected as the coaches pick to win the, the conference um so i think it's absolutely ridiculous that um look i know marquette is a really good team but don't sleep on uconn as much as it pains me to say out loud and and have that in the world i like that's that's scary and you hurley is that guy that's gonna plaster that on the on the uh, locker room wall and be like nobody believes in us like how, how dare that you know we 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 did all this with you know, barely having all these five-star guys come in, a re- great recruiting class, returning top performers, you know, preseason All-American in Klingon. Um, nobody nobody wins championships with seven-foot players anymore. It's just – it's <laughs> – I – like, look, this is, a, this is a scary team, and they're going to be fine. They're going to pull the whole, oh, everybody's giving us their best shot every night. Like, it's all the same – like shtick that we used to say all the time, just like everybody's going to be coming for them. Sure. They might not have the same record as last year, but they're a good, scary team. Um, You know, and same thing with Marquette. Um, I think we were ranked adequately. Like I, I, I agree with the coaches rankings. Um, I don't think the numbers are as close. Like, I I don't think this is going to be, um, like a 16 and two, uh, conference champion or whatever, you know, whatever it shakes out to, I, I think it's going to be like a 13 or 14 win team maybe. Um, so we'll see what happens. I don't, I don't really know what's going on with like Seton Hall and Butler and all that. Like, I, I think all that's pretty adequate Georgetown. I'm not expecting much from honestly. Um, yeah, they have Ed Cooley and they got a couple transfers, but I, you know, takes a lot to write that ship after what it's been through. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too much else to say on it. I uh, watch out for UConn. They're one, away again. Yeah. one thing I wanted to add about UConn just like before is like, I just don't know how many people teams with two, like, all right, I, you, you all know, like I'm really into the draft in my early, like early rankings, Stefan Castle is like my number one pick. Now, this draft is, like, just a quick aside. It's a weird draft where, like, it's kind of flat. There's no one, like, that great at the top. But there's a bunch of, like, interesting players. 
And of early, all my early recruit or not recruiting scouting, I've done like Castle's my number one pick. Like he's a big combo guard who's going to probably end up being a lead guard in the NBA. He's super interesting. And then you have Klingon who like we've seen how the NBA is like slowly turning back towards big men. And like Klingon can do what Walker Kessler's done. And Walker Kessler's success is going to make Klingon be drafted higher. Like Klingon could go. You could tell me Klingon goes nine next year, and I wouldn't be surprised. So, like, you have two top 15-level picks on the team that's re- returning champ- a returning champion that has deep guards. Like, it's yeah. – I, I just think that's, I think that's right. really – That's it. to say nothing of Caravan, who was a close exactly. second to Whitmore for freshman of the year last year. That's to say nothing of, of – um, An insane uh, head Tristan coach. Newton, who was a yeah. good point guard for them down the stretch. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now, I, we say all that, but they also got – their shit handed to him in the Big East. So who knows? Like maybe it'll happen again. But yeah, look, I think I think that's the one point that that, that Willie just made that that makes their preseason ranking of maybe not the not the top dog in the conference as like somewhat more legit is because I, Hurley said last year during the middle of conference play, I don't think we're best suited for conference play. I think we're best suited for out of conference play. And like so when people usually say that, I'm like, all right, this is setting up for a, a pretty embarrassing March Madness run. But, but, but I actually kind of believe it because Hurley just runs scheme after scheme after scheme after scheme after scheme, constantly throwing planned action. His his book his his playbook has to be miles long, and so I think with Big East teams who are comfortable, who see them two to three times a year. You kind of know what he's going to run after a little while, so you can kind of game plan that a bit more. I, I think that there's some truth to the notion that 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 in conference they might be a little bit a step again, might be of a national championship contending team, very much have a national championship contending team, but also might have a little, also might take some lumps in the conference. Yeah. I think that's the only reasonable kind of approach to that because otherwise, I kind of agree. That I don't, I'm really struggling with why UConn wouldn't be higher, more higher ranked. Like, yeah, I and and I do agree. I was between Creighton and Marquette. I think Marquette is probably pretty close to getting found out in the um, in the in the league with 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 Shaka now two years in, and people kind of knowing what he runs, and they're returning a lot of the same guys. Now, granted, you could say all these guys take a step up, and they're going to be that much better, uh, but. Omax made that help that helped him stir that drink last year. And I could see Marquette not winning. Like it wouldn't be crazy to say that they're not going to win the conference and the tournament again this year. So like to take a step back for Marquette wouldn't be like an embarrassment. It would just be kind of normal. Um, And then I kind of do agree with Creighton. I will slightly push back a little bit on the note on that notion, just a tad, but I do agree that I think that they might be slightly overrated. I was going to say though, who do you think will be the coach of the year? And I was listening to uh, Gary Parish and Matt Norlander's pod recently, and they were talking about the big East and they were saying like, they were saying like, Oh, well, if Shaka wins, then it has to be Shaka. But but they said like well what if Rick Pitino gets them to like third or fourth in the conference and the, and St John's returns to the tournament as like a top six seed like he's definitely going to be coach of the year right in the conference <laughs> he probably will be coach of the year in the conference. yeah if St John's is decent it's Pitino there's yeah. just yeah that's <laughs> so tired though like yeah. yes we get it he's one of the best coaches of all time like cool he's back cool 
but like don't just give him gratuitous coach of the year like <laughs> in my like coach of the year is someone like he has that expectation to bring them there yeah filling your expectation doesn't make you coach of the year coach right. of the year is somebody that either goes above and beyond and clears everything and wins you know a lot of years it kind of felt like uh, I guess Jay Wright wins again. Just like it's hard not to give coach of the year to the guy who goes 16 and two in conference place so, you know, it's, but yeah. it, I I'm out for giving Patino the, Oh my God, they did so well getting back to a respectable program. Like he brought in all these guys. It's, you know, it's different college basketball that, you know, they threw the checkbook out there. They got all these guys, Patino brought in who he wanted to bring in. He kept, a player of the year candidate in Soriano, like he has the tools. I, unless he is winning the conference or makes a run in the conference tournament. Like, I don't really want to hear the noise for coach of the year for him. Like do something that you're not expected to do. And then we can talk like Kim English. That If, if Kim English does that, yeah, then that's a coach of the year. I will, I will regret. I will wave that flag for him if he mm -hmm. does something like that. But it, it's Rick Pitino. He's considered one of the best coaches in college basketball of like of this – of the past 20 years. You know, he's multiple national champion. Like, come on. Yeah. I, I will put out that – you mentioned the name. You already said it. So I think Kim English is a dark horse to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, that um, would be my statement. And it, it's for the reasons that you kind of just articulated, Trevor, yeah. but also because I think they were picked – I might be wrong. I think it was seventh in the conference by the coaches. I, it could be sixth. It might be seventh. First of all, ranking Xavier over Providence is like just purely a coach ranking. Like you're just looking at it and saying Kim English was kind of like middle of the pack in the 8-10, so, and, and Sean Miller, Sean Miller. But if you actually look at the rosters – I'm struggling with Xavier a lot right now. And it's not their fault. They got so they're so injured, it's insane. They're yeah. they, they don't have Fremantle. Um and they don't have um um I'm blanking Nam at the G, moment. Did he graduate? Is that N no wrong? um it's the, the guy with the Jerome Hunter. They don't have no. okay. like yeah. yeah. Um I think the guy with the fan club. Um but the <laughs> but they don't they don't have those guys. So how are they going to I I, I I'm struggling with this and they lost so much from a team that made the sweet 16. Do I think Sean Miller will find a way to get Xavier into the tournament? Yeah, I do think so because he's Sean Miller, but like I'm struggling in the conference in conference to say like, like they have a really good shot of losing like first few games of the conference because they're still trying to figure out who the fuck they're going to go to for, for like points on the team. Um, they've lost everybody. And so, and so again, not their fault. Then you have, Providence, whose team is good, right? Like on paper, Bryce Hopkins, the player of the year candidate, arguably could have been player of the year. I think was probably the front runner for player of the year before Colette just really, like Colette and Marquette finished really strong. Um, but Devin like Carter, I think will take a leap too. Yeah, Carter's good. Uh, they got Oduro coming in. They this is a good this is a good team. You look at that roster, it's like it's it's got decent amount of depth, but not too much depth, so to speak. Like and 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 the other thing too with when you're playing in the amp, dunk, whatever, right? Like you're gonna win just like six games without like without like with any Deserving team that you roll out there. Yeah. Any team Luck. that you roll out there. Yeah. <laughs> You drill holes in your roof, you will win. <laughs> but you are going to win a bunch of games yeah. just playing in that arena. So 
so so right there he's got I'm counting him for a minimum of six wins, which I, he'll definitely get more than that. And then he's going to win five games on talent. They're going to be 11, 12 win team. And I agree with Trevor that this is probably a 14, 15 um, win team who wins the conference. So you could have Providence be, if they get 12 wins, they're probably going to finish top four, top four, top five, get a bye. That's probably good for coach of the, that, that might be good enough for coach of the year, given the preseason expectations are. I don't disagree. Uh, if I was voting, I would, as a, preseason like i would say english especially if they have a good uh a decent season i do want to change not topics but just what does cooley have to do to win coach of the year win coach he, of the year. he has to make the tournament he has to beat providence yeah <laughs> if he wins yeah if he makes a tournament and wins at the amp then then all right yeah he has to coach survive the, the providence game <laughs> yeah. you um, coach of the year if he comes out alive yeah virus. No, like that's another thing. I I don't know where the realistic expectations are for Georgetown. Like I said, they like it's when you're that bad for that long, and then you get the big name coach who brings. I I don't even know. he he brought in Epps and who else? Like I don't know. They got they got some guys, but I I have no idea. Like we're talking about they might lose to Lemoyne. <laughs> like yeah, I you know. <laughs> I, I have Georgetown finishing last in the conference. I'm 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 putting that on record. I realize that that could blow up in my face that we could lose to them, but that's like, a fun blow up in my face kind of thing. Like yeah. I you know I I think that would be hysterical. I got them um, last in the conference, but like, here's the weird thing: they could absolutely win four games, and it'd be a massive step forward for the program. Yeah, and still finish last in the conference. Yeah, that that's like when. This is like a DePaul situation almost from a couple years ago when all of a sudden it wasn't like you sleep on DePaul. Now we're talking about like, you know, hashtag rank DePaul is coming up. Um, but it's, it's rank uh, DePaul season, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I I like I, I like Georgetown uh, uh, DePaul finishing higher than Georgetown. I'll I'll ride that horse with you, Chris. Willie is Willie's upset. Willie does Willie doesn't want to buy it. Willie Willie, Willie so badly wants to make Georgetown a thing again. I want Georgetown to happen again. Sure, but it's not going <laughs> to happen overnight. Like I, I think this is the similar thing. Like I don't. You, the question was like, what does Ed Cooley have to do for Coach of the? Like, yeah, he has to make a tournament or has to make the tournament. But the prop, he has to make the like, tournament as an at large. Obviously, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. you don't get voted on yeah. if you do it in the tournament. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I don't know. For me, like Big East Coach of the Year is all about surpassing your expectations like i don't know what to expect from them like that's right yeah. now they have less talent than ewing had there but obviously a wildly better coach right in they theory less i don't know let's see if it's the building <laughs> willie's willie's just steaming willie's steaming over there he's so pissed <laughs> willie where do you have georgetown i have them like if i'm i have them above butler and depaul that's okay. where i would put them okay. Okay. right below seaton hall uh, below Xavier, I've seen all above Xavier. Okay, Seton Hall is a team that I'm struggling with, but like, so is the coaches. So I'm not like it's not really worth yeah. worth a, a full discussion. But like, like, the team from the bottom of the pack that I think, like the very bottom of the pack that I think could surprise is probably Butler ish. Like, there's some talent there, and again, I go back to the arena that they play in. But like Hinkle Fieldhouse is good for five wins. Like, so. So like 
you know, could you five and eke out a couple more? And then all of a sudden you get eight, nine wins. And, and then all of a sudden you're middle of the road in the conference, like, and wind up with a seven seed in, in the, in the Big East tournament. Like you, you could envision that, sure. right? Like, like Georgetown's not going to have any people in the arena unless they start out really hot. Yeah. Um, um, Seton Hall is, oh, is not the easiest place to pay, play, but not a terribly they difficult. Place good home, they have a pretty good home court. I feel yeah, like a decent home court. It's not, it's not blow you away home court. It's, you know, it's, it's probably a step above Wells Fargo, a step below the fin. Um, it's, it's, yeah. And then, and then other than that, uh, it, I'm struggling, right? Like DePaul doesn't really have a good home court, right? Like, I mean, the arena's nice, but the, yeah. but the fans don't really show. So I, I'm struggling with any of those other teams pulling it together. Like, I'm just thinking like, realistically, like when the coaches vote Providence seven, um, I, I struggle with that because I'm just like, you coaches know how tough it is to play at that arena. Right. And the same thing is with Butler. So like, it's that it's super really it's fucking really hard to play in those places. You know that they're going to sneak out a couple wins that they probably shouldn't because they're who they are. Butler beat Xavier last year in their in in Hinkle, and that team was ass last year. Um, so so I, I just think that they they will. Um, so but we, we we don't need to talk too much more about the dregs of the Big East. So if we're done with the Big East, do we want to take a look at the non-con here? Yeah, I'm in. So I don't want to run. Oh, I'll run through the games that we have non-conference. And what I'm curious for you all is like, what game are you most excited to see? Um, we're not going to do like a individual game by game preview nor predictions, but I would like overall season predictions at some point. But um, we just like to kind of run through. Um, and what game are you excited? So we start off on November sixth with American. Then November tenth, uh, we go to or we have Lemoyne. Then Monday, November 13th, we play at Penn at the Palestra. Then we go, we're at home in the Finn versus University of, Mar University of Maryland. Kevin Willard comes back to the Finn. Then we have the battle for Atlantis um, where we start off with Texas Tech. And then we will face the winner or loser, depending on how we do, of North Carolina or UNI. And then the last game, I believe it's either, and um, help me out, I believe it's either Arkansas, Memphis, and UNC's in there. UNC is the second game. Okay. Um, yeah, the schedule just says TBD. So yeah, whoever that is, it's on whoever's on the other side of the battle for Atlantis. Atlantis. And off the top of my head, it's Arkansas, Memphis, and give me a second. We could get a final against Javon Quinterly. We could. I want that game. Our, um, Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan, or Stanford. Those are the those are the four on the other well, side. Won't be Stanford. So, so yeah, won't be Stanford. <laughs> um, but those are the ones we could see. Arkansas did just beat Purdue in an exhibition, but still they beat Purdue. Um, so we have those games, and then we have St. Joe's um, at home at the Finn, and then we have the Big Five Classic, which will be Temple, Drexel, LaSalle. One of those three is who we're going to play. Then we go on the road to Manhattan, not New York, Kansas, where we play Kansas State. And then we have UCLA at home, the return of our home and home game. And that, I believe, wraps up, yeah, our non-conference play. So out of those, what would you say you're most excited to see? What game are you kind of like, this will be 
interesting, curious real. The game I'm most excited for is probably it's like somewhat of an unpopular, probably gonna be an unpopular answer, but it's it's UCLA for me. And my reasoning for that is it's our last non-conference game versus a good opponent and a good coach. Um, so like for me, I'm most excited for UCLA because I think that's gonna be an actually good test. Uh, for this team right before we enter in Biggie's play and have to go to Omaha to play Creighton. So I, that's my game that I'm most excited about. But when I look at the non-conference schedule, I like how it lays out for us. It's, you know, two games that we get to play against um, – or sorry, three games that we get to play against against competition that we should be able to handle pretty comfortably. And then a, and then a good test, but at home versus Maryland. Like I just like the the – I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago. The cadence of the out of conference schedule feels like a cadence that is healthy for, yeah. <laughs> for this squad, right? Like, like last year got jumbled. It got, it got ugly quick. We played right into the big five schedule, which I didn't love rivalry game from the tip um, lost that tough game versus temple. And then it just kind of got like, it, it was just like a, it spiraled. And then the moment we got a week to kind of like get a little bit healthier and rest, we come back and beat Oklahoma and start to re-inject some hope into the season, and it kind of laid out a little bit better. This lays out a little bit more like, okay, we can gain a little bit of momentum here uh, before we play, you know, before we play some tougher games. Um, with that said, with that said, I think the battle for Atlanta should be should be a ton of fun. I look for us to win, not not go zero and three. Like that would be, that'd be great. Uh, but, but I don't think we will. I think we'll be, I think we'll be quite good. And the thing that, and the thing that I'm pumped about is I think that battle of Atlantis will be good for a team that needs some pieces to gel together because of newcomers. And so teams say it all the time, like, Hey, getting out for that MTE, that Turkey tournament and spending some time together on the road during the holiday or whatever, when everyone else is eating Turkey and whatever. And we got to kind of like chill and the temperature was cooled down a little bit. We got to like focus on ourselves and grow as a unit was helpful to them in this season. Like everyone always talks about that. They talk about that and they talk about the, the Christmas break as like two breaks where it like really helps them. That to me is the, that to me is like a key moment, a key inflection point in the early part of the season. But all that said, I'll come back to my original answer. UCLA being like the final exam of out of conference season is the game I'm most excited about. Um, I'm excited for Maryland. It's always uh, fun to see Kevin Willard. The uh, the Turkey tournament games. Battle for Atlantis always just kind of has a weird vibe. It's in that like ballroom. I. I don't know. Those, those games are kind of like hit or miss for me. I'm excited about the potential opponents. Sure. Like those would be fun games. I, yeah, I, you can't go and three there. Um, yeah. Playing UNC would be fun. Seeing Quinterly on the other side. If uh, Memphis lines up would be cool. Michigan rematch would be fun. They're all like, they're all great games. I think Kansas will be Kansas state will be a really good test. That was, they had a, big run last year right yeah yeah they lost they lost a couple of those guys but um that's going to be a tough game to win um so i think for me early on is maryland and then chris i agree with you the ucla and then that's like the last game before a big break we have like two weeks or something 
before uh, the Big East schedule starts after that for us. So um, I think Maryland early and then the U- the UCLA finale. Um, Kansas State, I'm worried, might be ugly, but you never know. For me, I kind of am on the I'm, – I'm on a, the team of Kansas State. That's something I'm really excited for. They just got a really fun team. They have one of my favorite players in college basketball, then Naquan Tomlin, who also just did get suspended for, I believe, fighting or DUI, one of the two. I can't remember what he got. So we'll see. He's suspended indefinitely. Don't know if that means we'll see you next week or if it means we'll see you in January. I don't know what they're going to end up doing. Um, but I really like him. He's really versatile. Uh, so I was hoping to watch him play because I would love the idea of him matching up versus Dixon. And then the le- next thing I'm going to say is actually what I see this question from Nova 9876 was actually the next thing I'm most excited for is the Big Five tournament. I actually am genuinely excited for the idea of everyone, all the schools being there on that Friday or Saturday, Friday. I can't remember what day of the week Saturday. it is. Saturday. On that Saturday and see like seeing this play out like it's the first time we're ever doing anything like this. I think it's really going to be really cool. The triple header on the day people are going to be tailgating. For me, it's less about the individual games, but more about like, I I am proud of the big five for like recognizing something needed to change and like taking a swing. It might be it might be it might fall flat on its face. But I'm proud of them for taking the swing at it. I like how this is set up. Um, so I'm actually like am genuinely excited to see that and to see how that like atmosphere and how everything lines up there. Cause if this like hits and it connects and like they really make this a thing, like this will be cool. Like once again, other schools, other not other other cities have plenty of college basketball teams all on top of each other and they don't do anything like this. Like Purdue or not Purdue, Indiana, Indianapolis has the uh cross town crossroads crossroads cut classic. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think they got rid of it though. I don't think they do anything. They did? Okay. Well then yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So like they have that, but like I love this idea of it. I, I like how they've set it up. It's a way to make it fresh. So I am excited to see like what happens from there. I'm nervous about it. Why? Not because I think we're gonna lose, but because um I'm nervous that they're not going to they set it up and they're not gonna invest in it in the way they need to. And why I say that is from our perspective as Villanova fans, like, look, we are very, very lucky. Um, like the, the things that we complain about, like our admins not doing or whatever are like things that like, if, if other schools like St. Joe's or whatever, and it's not an insult to them, saw what we did, they'd be like, Holy crap, you guys have it so good. Right. Like, but like even things like because of the last few final fours, like, our fans know kind of how to do it. We know how to operate in Wells Fargo center for a college basketball game, right? Like we, we kind of know the infrastructure we kind of know and like have a routine down for it. Um, We kind of like, it sounds so simple, but it's like stuff like that. Plus the administrations like Villanova knows how to throw a pregame party, like an official pregame party now for like a big game. Mm-hmm. Right, like because at those final fours, we throw the pre games and whatever. Like, so Villanova knows how to organize some of this stuff, right? The these these others the other schools are like like just don't know how to do all this stuff. So unless Villanova is like leading the charge and like telling everyone, no, this is how you do it, this is how we do this, and whatever. And there's a team of people who are going to set up like like 
like I, I'm thinking of it like they should the, the parking lot for Wells Fargo that day should be like the Final Four fan fest. If you've been been down to 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 the Final Four, it's like they should have like legends from the Big Five like signing autographs, right? Like, um, you know, the Jameer Nelson should be there signing autographs, right? Like it should be, it should be, it should be like a whole thing where like. There's kids, and then there's cornhole tournaments between Villanova fans and and LaSalle fans. Like it should be, there should be like a number of different like festivities that make the day like really fun, um, and a big and a big to do. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit nervous with like a triple header that you're gonna have one ticket to, that like like you're gonna have to figure that all out. And then and then the thing that they have to do, and I assume that they will get this part right for student sections. They need to like basically bus a bus students in and then remove them when their team's finished, right? Like again, like a biggies tournament session. Um uh, but like so it's like a whole investment process that needs to happen. And only because I haven't seen a whole lot of marketing on this yet, I'm a little bit I'm at this point a little bit nervous that they're not gonna that they're not gonna invest what they need to to get this right. I think the student section is a really good point too, because if you remember, they cut, they split at least for Villanova games at Wells Fargo. They funneled the student section to one side now, and they, um, I think I'm remembering that right. Like they just sold season tickets to everybody on the other side where like the media sits, um, because that's like the access to the to the halftime lounge and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see what the plan is for student section for that. I wonder if they take up another section in the lower bowl um, for that. Uh, that's a good point. I think Temple kind of knows how to do it with the tailgates because they, they play um, their football games at the link. I don't know how crazy those get on Saturday mornings in the fall, but, like, I'm not worried about Temple so much as, like, yeah, LaSalle and, and St. Joe's and, and Drexel. Um, but you never doubt kids from – philly and philly area schools being able to put a party together that's kind of where i'm at i'm kind of like just get a bus and put them out there let them be wild and free we'll figure it out <laughs> give them just make sure there's water water stations the porta potties are open we'll we'll figure it out let them have a good time um yeah i just worry that if villanova's not in that championship but like sorry if villanova is in the championship then, then, like, who is going? Like, Villanova fans are going to buy out the, the tickets more than anybody else. Who is, like, who's going to be sitting in that arena for the first game, or maybe even the large chunk of the second game? I'm, I'm, I'm th- these are the little things that I'm like, uh, you don't want that arena to come off dead. I look, they totally need to change it. I'm like all on board. When it came out, I was like very, I was very high on this. Yeah. But like, but like, I just were. I they just need to get the, They need to land the plane on this. And if it doesn't go well, and you're in year one, I'm worried about like the future Long-term, implications yeah. because Philly people talk, right? Like, and so if it's like whatever, Philly people are like oh, it was fucking shitty. I, I didn't have fun, right? Like, and then and then people won't go, and it just won't be, it won't ever become a thing. Which is why, to me, it's just like it's Philly people. Just give them the parking lot, let them have fun, <laughs> make sure that they can get into the game, let them go in and out. Like, I think that's actually a genuine thing. Like let people filter in and out, I rescan them all the time. Yeah. That's I, what I was. I, if, if they could manage to do it so that you could leave and come back, that would be great because like, yeah, maybe I want to see St. Joe's temple at 11 AM because of whatever reason, but I want to go to Xfinity with my friends for a couple hours before the Nova game. 
Like, you know, so I, if, if they could figure out a way to rescan or re-entry for people, or if you can buy session game, individual game tickets instead of like a session pass, like that would be ideal. Okay. All right. So then I, well, does anyone else have anything? Because I want to get to like season predictions and just like, we got to put our stamp here. We got to, we got to call it out. Fuck. Yeah, I know. We, gotta we do talked it. expectations. We talked so, expectations, but yeah, but now I we got to do predictions. So, I need whole, whole card, whole, holding card, you know what I'm trying to say. I think it's important that we set expectations again, just to say this in advance of, of saying predictions. Expectation for me for this year is that competitive buy in the Big East tournament and, and a and to be favored in the first round and be competitive and expected to be competitive in the second round. That's my expectation Mm -hmm. in terms of like what this team needs to be able to accomplish, or I'm going to be pretty pissed off about how this year took, you know, transpired. Um, In terms of my prediction, I've gotten a little bit of whispers in my ear and I'm starting to buy shit and I'm like getting a little bit, too amped up season's about to start. And now I'm like, and now my prediction for the season is going to get a little bit of a hot take is that I think this second weekend team, <laughs> I think this is like, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get high on my own supply here a little bit. And I'm like this second weekend team, this is, this is a team that could absolutely threaten to make the final four. I'm kind of of the belief that if Jay Wright was the coach that we'd be voted top five, six in the whole country to start the season. Um, and so obviously Jay Wright is not the coach, so it's a very large caveat to this whole thing, but, but I am, but I'm actually starting to get a little bit high on my own supply. I think we're, my prediction is that out of conference might be, um, out of conference might be like eight and three, you know, I, I, it might not be, it might not be sterling silver, like in terms of out of conference performance, but, but in conference, I think this team very much can be 14 and six, 13, seven, 14, and six finished third in the conference. Um, like be and be real hot, potentially get to a big East tournament championship. And then, and then sweet 16 elite eight, like absolutely with a threat to the final four. That's what I'm predicting. Like, and I'm, I realized that like, that's a huge shift from where my expectations are because I'm trying to keep my expectations where they should be. But but I am I keep looking at the roster and I keep reading the tea leaves from what I'm hearing from what's going on on the main line and I'm like shit this team because this team's really fucking loaded. Trevor, I'll go to you. Um, if we want to just talk like numbers, like yeah, I like we're all drinking the same Kool Aid right now. At least Chris and I are drinking the same Kool Aid right now. Like I I don't know. Um, Obviously, I'm a fan of the program. I, I like, yeah. Why wouldn't we go forty? You know, I don't see a reason why not. Um, <laughs> um, no, I, uh, I think there's two or three losses sprinkled into the out of conference, the Big East, as we know. And I said I wasn't going to say it, but we know the Big East is harder to win than a national championship. So, <laughs> um, I think you know anywhere from. 11 to 15 wins in that range somewhere. Um, I don't know if I 
average I, I don't know put us at like 22 and 9 before the Big East tournament starts I don't know and then I I think uh I think we see what Justin Moore and Eric Dixon and and these guys that are in their last year of playing college basketball can do um it's it's hard to when you've seen what Jermaine and Colin were able to accomplish when it was like hey this is the last time we get to do this um, you kind of get goosebumps, at least I do, thinking about like how much Justin Moore and Eric Dixon have put into this program and care about it, and it's just hard to imagine they won't go out on a high note. Um, so, yeah, put me down for, what did I say, 22 and 9? What is, yeah, ish, uh, before the Big East tournament. I'd like to make it to the semifinals, and then uh, – yeah, second weekend. Let's go to where is it this year? Phoenix. Let's go to Phoenix. Phoenix Vegas, 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 Vegas. No, Phoenix is the it? final four. Okay. Uh, second weekends are in Boston. I think Vegas. Actually, I can't remember. Bean Town, baby. <laughs> I don't think it's back in Vegas. It was in Vegas last year. It was last. Oh, year. it was okay. in Vegas last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll I'll go to the final four. Twist my arm. <laughs> All right. Well, well, Chris, are you looking it up? I am looking it up. Okay. So while Chris is doing that, I, I say take a walk with me. Um, expectations, like my minimum expectation is that this is a tournament level team. That's like full stop. That's like my minimum expectation. My prediction, what I'm going to go on record as saying is I'm going to break this down. We're going to go 10 and one in non-conference. It's going to be like, we're going to start nine and oh we're going to lose to kansas state at kansas state we'll beat ucla we're 10 and one there big east i'm putting us at 13 and seven in big east play so we finish the regular conference regular season 20 23 and uh eight i don't know if 13 and seven wins the big east it probably doesn't but that's where i'm going to put us at for the big east and then tournament, we'll say minimum uh, semifinal. My prediction, I'm going to get real specific. We go to the Elite Eight and we lose heartbreakingly to Michigan State. That's my that's my production prediction. I'm ready to be hurt again is where I'm at. On an Eric Dixon <laughs> last second three yeah. attempt. <laughs> same exact play. Same exact play. I'm ready to be hurt again. I'm over the Phillies. That's not true. <laughs> but I am ready to be hurt again. Um, the Eagles will take care of me in that way. I'm not going to be hurt by the Sixers this year. I will not fall for that. So Villanova, say, if you don't care, you can't get hurt. Yeah, I will not fall um, for the Sixers, but Villanova, I'm ready to be hurt again. Yeah. Um, Willie, is, Willie says Villanova is dancing on their own this yeah. year. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, so that's my game. prediction. Um, so I'll see you in the round of 64 as we lose as a nine seed to like – Memphis, but like what? No, but actually, I I I do feel pretty good about this team. Um, I like our age. I similar to what you said, Trevor. I think it's like a really good chance for Justin and Eric to write their endings the way that they needed that they want to. Um, heck, like we all, who knows what would have happened if Justin didn't tear his Achilles in that like final. We all know Kansas were frauds. And so I'm at like 
this is a second weekend level team. Obviously, like could lose in the Sweet 16, but like, yeah, I'm 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 in, I think, but it might like the prediction I'm actually gonna lean more in on is like I think we're gonna start off really strong. Um 10 1. That's what I'm putting it down. We're gonna be nine and oh. Talking heads are gonna be like, should, should Villanova be ranked one? <laughs> they just ran through the battle for Atlantis, and I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, we should be," and then we'll lose to Kansas State in an ugly game. It's gonna be ugly. <laughs> yeah, I think unfortunately, like, not to bring it back to this because I'm I'm tired of like this conversation, but this is really where you see what Neptune has. Because yeah. um, on paper, we've been talking about this. Like, that's the entire offseason. It's like, well, on paper, they should like on paper. Yeah, second weekend this is a really good team. So it's, it's time. And Chris, you said it earlier, if this was Jay Wright, people would be talking about national championship hopes. So I think this is kind of the show me year for Kyle. Um, and I'm ready for that. I'm ready to be hurt. <laughs> I'm ready to be hurt again as a runner up for, um, for uh, this episode. episode <laughs> title. Um, uh, no doubt about it. We're ready to be hurt. Um, East, East Regional Boston, South Regional Dallas, Midwest Regional Detroit, West Regional LA. So I think we can all agree that the goal here is to miss the Midwest Regional at all costs. Um, I'll find going to Boston, Dallas, or LA. I would love to be in Boston. That would be great. Would be sick. Make my commute easier. Um, okay. So uh what else is there anything else i think we covered everything that needs to be covered in the world of basketball what's your favorite halloween candy well it's just like my favorite candy in general okay butterfingers okay man <laughs> butter butterfingers well halloween candy also applies like candy corn to halloween candy but like, no we're not talking about that all right well butterfingers butterfingers trevor my favorite candy is you guys remember now and laters I can't yeah. explain it, yeah. but I love now and laters. Um, you don't really see those around Halloween. So I, I go for like the uh, Sour Patch Kids, Sour Straw type of thing. Um, yeah. I saw somebody the other day on a podcast said Almond Joy. And I, you know, so mark that down as a serial killer. Yeah. But that's mark, a total mark me for, um, for Sour Patch Kids, et cetera. Brian? Holiday-shaped holiday Reese's peanut butter cups because the edges aren't as sharp, so they're easier to binge. That's actually a really good. The, it the is. Christmas trees the are. Trees are the best ones. Christmas the trees are, are a little too fat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the Easter eggs are nice, but I want there to be like one for every season, so like a Fourth of July one for the summer, and maybe like a pickaxe for Labor Day. Hammer and sickle for Labor Day. <laughs> like, there should always be some, like Arbor Day is in April, so like. Right after Easter, maybe you have the tree. I, I love that. <laughs> Four twenty, just a Reese's yeah. cup shaped as a weed leaf. Yeah, leaf. You know, I mean, there's there's enough holidays out there. That yeah. <laughs> How about a turkey? How about a turkey? turkey a turkey peanut be. butter cup. What about you, Chris? Um, it's probably Reese's, but Kit Kat is right there. It's like one A, one B for yeah. me. Um, so yeah, I, I, you... to me. I struggle with the notion that it would be anything else. Did you go trick-or-treating this year, Chris? I did. I took my two-year-old daughter um, trick-or-treating a little bit. Uh, did you take all the candy? How does that I let her work? have a little bit. How does, it, yeah, a little how bit. does that work when they're two years old? They don't even know. 
they, they know that they're getting something and they know what candy is and they know that they don't really have it. What did she <laughs> dress up? They're just kind as? of excited to be given something. What? What did she dress uh, up? As? She loves ice cream and she has this toy where she can make ice cream, like fake ice cream cones for people. And so she loves that. So yeah. we actually got her a little like ice cream vendor. Oh, that's costume. cute. <laughs> it was it was adorable. She was it was hilarious, and, and it was cold out too. So I also put like a ski. I put her in a ski suit and then put the costume over it. Yeah. So she just looked like the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man, just like walking <laughs> around the neighborhood like this. Um, I saw this one. This one girl. She was a jellyfish. They just decorated an umbrella, and the girl was under the umbrella, and the dad was just walking around with it. I was like, that's incredible because no one's really dressed up. Like. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't raining, but it was cold. But I thought that was a good hack. Chris, did you pair with the ice cream vendor? I I didn't. Or I did you not. just you were like no. I'm 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 a I'm the dad. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm the dad. Here I am. I'm the dad. At one point in time, my daughter looked at me and goes, "Dada, I want to go to Halloween." And I'm like, "You're in it. You're, you're like you're doing the thing. This you're is, doing this the is Halloween. It. This yeah, is Halloween." Like, yeah, yeah. You, you're Halloweening. You're, you're, you've got it. You got it down. Um, you said, but... I want to go to American. <laughs> nope. I want to go to Hood College. <laughs> I want to go to Hood College in Bindigigi State. And Mary Mac, Brian. <laughs> Can you tell me what the uh, mascot is at Bemidji State since you said you could name all 300 uh, Division One mascots? Well, it's not Division One, so it, yeah, I can't. That certainly is Division One. How did they win a Division One college hockey national championship? It is not Division One in college basketball. That much I can tell you. I don't believe you. Look it up. I am. I am asking Google. Elon Musk. I'm going to start with Twitter and then go from there. <laughs> I mean, they have a website. Not a lot of D2 schools have a website. Yeah, they're D2. <laughs> <laughs> they're one of those grandfathered schools for hockey, which Merrimack was until they got bumped up to. So. Yeah. And John Johns Hopkins is for uh, lacrosse. Yeah, uh, Johnny Hopkins. I spoke about right. with Johnny Hopkins. Yeah, but I'll I'll take the loss on that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely can't name all of them in Division One either. But yeah, I mean, three hundred is too many to name. Uh, we'll we'll yeah. check the tape to see what you claimed. Okay. All right. Uh, that's that's it. So we'll we're gonna see you guys after the first game of the season. Here we are. Just get excited. We we are we are we are here. We finally have fucking made it to the end of a very 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 long off season, um, a weird off season for Villanova, uh, but but an interesting one nonetheless. And as we can all agree, we are ready to be heard again. So so that's it. That's all we got for you guys here today on the full forty. We will be back in a week to recap the American game. Talk about Lemoyne. Talk about Penn. So we can get started with the weekly episodes as the season starts. And again, one final plug, home field apparel code full 40 F U L L four zero for 15% off. The jacket goes on sale on Sunday. We'll be back on Monday holding up pictures of our jackets because I think it's like two to three day shipping. So episode two of the season, we'll be wearing our jackets. That's right. Yep. That's right. Uh, and if we lose, I'll probably do a spaces because everyone's going to need that. So <laughs> if we lose, just catch me at the press press conference. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all we got. All Thanks right. everybody for what listening. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Let's go Nova.